0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Hudat Nation and Hudat family? Welcome back to yet another Mock Draft Monday episode here on Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of the best tasting protein bars at BuiltBar.com. On today's episode, the Saints 2017 draft was named PFF's top draft class this week. We'll talk about why from three angles, awards, grades, and of course, money. Then we'll take a look at two three round mock drafts that I did and an attempt to land four top 100 players, which do you think is the better class? But before we get to all of that, the Draft Network dropped their usual Monday mock draft as well, so we're going to dig into that one a bit. The Falcons and Panthers make some key additions, while the Bucks stay sensible, but the Saints grab a defensive playmaker of their own. Which of the top linebackers does Trevor Sikkema think would be a great fit for the New Orleans Saints, as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jacksonola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at Canal Street Chronicles.com and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked on NFL podcast. So we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Fresh week here at Locked On Saints, kicking it off with a Mock Draft Monday. Going to take a look over at thedraftnetwork.com. Trevor Sycamore, who, of course, is going to be a big part of our upcoming Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, which, by the way, the feed for that is now live over at the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. So go and check us out and be subscribed and ready to go as we get begin our big first round mock draft next week. Next Monday, the 19th. Oh, it all gets started. I'm so excited and so excited for y'all to be a part of that. Let's go ahead and jump in here. Uh, I wanted to take a look at both what the Saints drafted, but also around the NFC South. And there was a really fun mention here of Terry Fontenot in uh, the Falcons selection. So let's start there. This is Trevor Sykema's mock draft over at the Draft Network. You can follow Trevor on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey, T-R-E. Uh, so let's start off with the Falcons here at number four. They pick Kyle Pitts. This makes perfect sense, right? Like This is exactly what everyone should sort of be expecting the Falcons to do. There's a lot of talk about them potentially trading down. If they did that, uh, I I would be very happy about it as opposed to them ending up with Kyle Pitts. But uh, in this one, they end up with Kyle Pitts. Uh, So new general manager Terry Fontenot can gain a lot from a trade down, but this pick or them not uh, picking here at all will depend on where Fontenot and the new head coach Arthur Smith believe they are as a team. Do they think they're closing in on competing or do they believe that they need uh or that they're in need of a rebuild. So I guess in this case they believe that they are competing uh and that's exactly what you would expect from Terry Fontenot, right? Terry Fontenot coming from the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints not having traded down since 2007. They did so in 2006, 2007. We haven't seen it since then. I would imagine that Terry Fontenot would take that with him to uh Atlanta and go ahead and grab the playmaker Kyle Pitts. Now the Saints Defense has a lot to respond to in terms of Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, and Hayden Hurst. But thankfully, Matt Matt Ryan's still the quarterback over there. So at least that's all okay. Uh number eight here overall, the Carolina Panthers selecting offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater makes a lot of sense. Usually you could sort of pencil in Trey Lance there, but with the trade to acquire Sam Darnold, instead of them going for another quarterback there, they went with the offensive tackle, which makes a lot of sense. And then we get to the Saints at pick number 28. And look I-, I like this selection for the Saints and I'm warming up to it quite a bit and we'll talk about why uh, pretty often throughout today's episode actually, but let's go ahead and dig into it here a bit. uh Jeremiahwusuukomoa uh six foot one six foot two 221 pounds uh, in terms of how he weighed in at his pro day, uh, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. He's an undersized linebacker, and usually that makes me stay away from him in the first round, but there's something that I've really started to consider here recently that's made me feel a little bit more comfortable about him, and Trevor Sikama actually acknowledges it here as well. So let me just read the blurb that he wrote here. Uh, This just feels like a Saints pick, not really the position that everyone thinks that they'll go for, not sure if they exactly need him as a hybrid player, and yet the thought of him next to Demario Davis to rotate around with Malcolm Jenkins could be enough for them to get some extra speed and physicality on their defense. Now, of course, you talk about speed, you talk about physicality, Jeremiah Usocoromo, one of the more athletic, rangy, sideline-to-sideline linebackers, but also very physical, over 60 tackles last year, over 80 the year before that. He has gone over or he's gone into double digit tackles for a loss in each of the last two seasons, 13 and a half in 2019, 11 and 12 games in 2020. He's very durable. All those things are good qualities. But here's what I'm starting to really like about Owusu Koromoa is his hybridness. And usually that... Bucks people out of the first round oftentimes, except for Isaiah Simmons, right? Isaiah Simmons at work for him. And maybe that's exactly what is so interesting now about these types of players, these sort of chess piece players, is that you get somebody that can play that you know off-ball linebacker role that can be a read and diagnose type of a player, sort of a click and attack type of a player, but also... He's your nickel linebacker. He's your dime linebacker. He ends up becoming somebody that you can play as the safety in the box in place of Malcolm Jenkins because eventually you're going to have to replace Malcolm Jenkins. So you can still develop him as a linebacker next to Demario Davis's rookie season and then shift him over to a new role and then fill that linebacker position with another young guy that you're trying to develop, like maybe a Zach Bond when he's ready or a Chase Hansen if he's ready sooner. Chase Hansen himself was also a guy that was a safety and transitioned over to linebacker, played a little bit of a hybrid role with the Utes. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa could actually end up being a guy that ends up playing that role, but really paying dividends in terms of his ability to be used throughout time, right? So you're looking at him not only as somebody to come in and play the linebacker position now, but that can be your box safety slash nickel dime linebacker for years to come. We'll talk more about JOK here in a little bit because he's going to end up being in one of the two third round mock drafts that we'll talk about real quick. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected 32nd in this draft, of course, and they took Landon Dickerson, the interior offensive lineman out of Alabama. Of course, he's got some injury concerns and things like that, but it's the sensible selection for them, right? It helped to shore up the offensive line, keep Tom Brady healthy in his 60th year in the NFL. So, all right, coming up next, y'all, we're going to dive into a look at two three-round mock drafts that I did trying to secure four top 100 players. We'll look at that and then I would love to get everybody's feedback on which draft they like best. So we'll go ahead and put out a, a, a poll and everything over on uh, my Twitter account at Ross Jackson Nola. So we have that coming up for you and much more as we continue on today with our episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget to check out our friends over at betonline.ag. College basketball might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and now MLB are all in full swing. Lots of good stuff to bet on. The Masters just wrapped up as well. Congratulations to anybody who was able to cash in on some of the fun stuff that they had up on betonline.ag throughout the Masters. And then anybody that was lucky enough to catch any of the NFL draft props and specials though, I bet those will be coming back before the NFL draft as well. So you have any strong draft takes or strong takes around the sports world, and you want to go ahead and convert that into some cash, betonline.ag is the place to be. That's where you want to check it all out. You could also bet on a bunch of other stuff as well, TV, reality TV, game shows, things like that. So go and check them out. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, when you register for your free account to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. all right family continue on with our mock draft monday here on locked on saints don't forget to go and check out locked on today get all the sports news that you need in less than 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast hosted by peter burkowski find it wherever you get your podcast all right so let's go ahead and jump into uh this kind of experiment that i wanted to do we are just a couple of weeks away now from the nfl draft and i could not be more psyched about it so I wanted to go ahead and do a pair of mock drafts today, sort of dueling mock drafts, if you will. And then I want to get your opinion on which one you like best. I tried to grab uh, two different mocks here in the top three rounds where I select four players within a top 100. So the top 100 that we use or the big board that we used for this draft is Dane Brugler's over at The Athletic. No mystery. I love his work. So let's go ahead and use his and i tried to address the same four positions at all four of these selections the only exception being that in one i went uh cornerback and then another i went safety so i kind of went defensive back there but there i'll explain why as, as we go through so let's go ahead and get started with the first of the two mocks here so this gets our highest ranking player uh in the draft and then the other draft gets a greater collection of Higher ranked players, if that makes sense. So the highest ranking player out of either of these drafts starts at uh, pick number twenty-eight here, and I use the Draft Network mock draft simulator. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa still here, fifteenth ranked player on Dame Brugler's draft board. And for a lot of folks, this might immediately win the draft. For a lot of folks, this may actually end up immediately losing the draft because some folks are pretty low on Owusu-Koromoa and his fit. But I went ahead and selected him for the reasons that we talked about earlier, is that I'm not just thinking about him as a linebacker lining up next to Mario Davis. I'm thinking about him as somebody that could potentially be Malcolm Jenkins at a later point in his career, right? Be a box safety, play close to the line of scrimmage, keep CJ Gardner-Johnson at the nickel position, not have to worry about moving him over to Malcolm Jenkins' role later on. There's going to be a way that we're going to replicate this in the next draft, even without Owusu Koromoa, however. So so we'll we'll come back to that in a moment. But that's where we started off here. Next up, pick number 60. I couldn't believe he was here, but he was there, so I had to take him. Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle out of Michigan, an incredible talent, honestly, like a very, very good talent. Uh, number 52 overall, or excuse me, 53 overall, uh, and the fourth-ranked offensive guard, interestingly enough, for uh, Dane Brugler in this one, so you already know he has a bit of versatility. He played a lot of right tackle throughout the course of his career. I think the reason why he's projecting as a guard comes down to his arm length, thirty-two and five eighths inches. I'm again, I don't really subscribe to the arm length conversation when it comes to uh, when it comes to offensive tackles, unless the arms are very very short. But at six foot five, three twenty six, and in still being able to move at a five three eight that's not too terrible at all. So you have him potentially move over to the right tackle position, and then you could move Ryan Ramchick to the left tackle position, which is you know a conversation that has been had over the course of time in terms of us thinking about what the future of the offensive line for the New Orleans Saints uh, has looked like. So I went ahead and went with him. However, you still have somebody that could move inside and play inside as well. So you have to like that. Next up, we'll go at pick number ninety-eight to get us started with a third round, two competitory picks here. Robert Rochelle, the cornerback out of central Arkansas. Y'all know I have a fondness for Robert Rochelle. I like him a lot. He's got a good build, he's got good NFL size, he's got good NFL speed as well. He's very physical, can play both man and zone, just does a little bit of everything. He would be a fantastic selection at this point in the draft. Somebody that still has to develop coming up from the FCS level but that could still get you some quality reps pretty early in his career. And then to wrap us up with the final selection of the third round at pick 105, the second compensatory pick for New Orleans, I went with Jay Tufele, the defensive tackle out of USC. He projects as a uh, three tech in the NFL. That's exactly the position that you're trying to fill right now after losing Sheldon Rankin, six foot two, 305. He's got some good athleticism. Uh, he you know, does need to develop a bit as a pass rusher, but that's okay when you're selecting him in the third round. So that's draft number one. Jeremiah Wusu koromoa in the first round. Then we went Jalen Mayfield, the offensive lineman, let's call him, in the second. And in the third round, cornerback Robert Rochelle and then interior defensive lineman Jay Tufele. Now let's go to our second draft of our dueling drafts here. We'll stick with the, uh, we didn't trade, we didn't move. We selected in the same four spots. We went with the same four general positions, offensive line, interior defensive lineman, linebacker, defensive back. So let's go ahead and start off here. We started off the first two or the first selection the same way we started off in the first draft at number 28, going the linebacker out of Kentucky this time. Jamin Davis. Now I passed on Zaven Collins because I talked Zaven Collins up a lot. And I didn't want that to influence us when it comes to selecting between these two. I wanted to get a new name up there. And Jamin Davis is somebody that has been arriving. He's the fourth ranked linebacker for uh for Dane Brugler over at the Athletic, and he's the 36th ranked overall player. Like I mentioned, Jeremiah wusu Kormoa, 15th ranked, he's the highest. But this gets us to a place where we have the uh, most higher ranking. I- I'll explain that here in a moment. But anyway. Jamin Davis, uh, six foot three, 234, a bit more of the traditional linebacker build, ran a 4'4", 7", 33-inch arms as well. So he's got really good reach. Same arm length as Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, actually. Uh, and, you know, had pretty successful play in Kentucky. He had three interceptions in 2020, but also had 102 tackles that season as well, including four for a loss and one and a half sacks. So he led the team in tackles. He had an interception that he returned for a touchdown. He also blocked a field goal but did miss one game due to COVID-19 protocol, though, not due to injury. So he was a late starter. He only really has one year of production. Think about this as maybe this year's Patrick Queen, essentially, right? The guy that rose his way into the first round with great play, but only had one year of production coming out of it. If you liked Patrick Queen, Jamin Davis is kind of your guy in this draft. All right, up next at pick number 60, I went to the interior defensive line a little bit earlier because Levi and Wuzurike was still on the board out of Washington, second-ranked defensive tackle on this board, number 29th overall player. So I actually got better. I got a better selection at 60 in terms of this big board than I did at 28. But he's the perfect example of a guy that's going to come in and play Sheldon Rankin's role and fill that penetrating three-tech pass rusher type of position is exactly what you're looking for there. At pick number 98, again, I was looking for those chess pieces, right? I got it in Wusu Kormoa in the first draft, needed it in this draft. zero Dean, the safety out of Florida State. He's somebody that I actually really liked a lot earlier on in the draft, uh, but he has sort of fallen out of the first round. Over time, he played okay at the Senior Bowl. He's now projected to essentially have a third-round grade, according to Dane Brugler, fourth-ranked safety, number 93rd overall player. Six-foot-three, 215, though not far away. From Owusu Koromoa's build, but also adds 34 and a half inch arms. So he has big time reach and an over 81 inch wingspan as well. He's somebody that can play all over the place, right? We're talking about replacing Malcolm Jenkins in the future and focusing a little bit more on this sort of nickel dime linebacker hybrid. Hamza Nazir Dean could also play that very same role and he can cover deep for you if you need him to. And then at pick number 105, 83rd overall ranked player, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. James Hudson. James Hudson, I do like a lot. I got to see him at the Senior Bowl as well. The 10th ranked offensive tackle on Dane Brugler's board, 83rd overall player, but at six foot five, essentially 313, uh, he's somebody that could play both inside and out and has uh, really good experience coming out of Cincinnati as well. Played a bit at Michigan actually as a defensive lineman and then transitioned to offensive line and then played full time there at left tackle in 2020 for Cincinnati. And in doing so over those 11 starts with the Bearcats, didn't allow a single sack. All right. So for our second draft there, that was Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, Levi Muzarike, the interior defensive lineman out of Washington, zero dean, a little bit of everything out of Florida State, and then James Hudson, the offensive lineman out of Cincinnati. So hit me up at Ross Jackson, Nola. Let me know which of the two drafts you liked the best out of these two. I'll also put a poll up with photos of each of the players, things like that. We'll get some nice social media assets up so you can actually vote on a poll as well. But let me know what you think. And as we roll along here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to take a look at the Saints 2017 draft class from a couple of different angles. Talk about why they were named pro football Focus's best draft class since 2015. Got that coming up for you here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. That draft class was incredible for the New Orleans Saints because it helped to build them up. And if you're trying to build up a bit, let me tell you how to get a little bit of that extra protein in your life and do it deliciously with our good friends over at builtbar.com. The best tasting protein bar ever, 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 ever. Go and check them out. 18 incredible flavors, including six brand new flavors that include flavors like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and of course, lemon, almond, cheesecake, and a bunch of limited edition flavors that constantly come through. It's hard to even keep up with the limited edition flavors. They do it so often and put them out so, so many times throughout each month and everything like that. So go and check them out, builtbar.com, the best way to stay up to date with the newest flavors that they have going on. And remember, each of these flavors is also covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. The only place I've ever seen where you can get 19 grams of protein for only 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs, and the bar still feel like you're eating a candy bar. It's incredible. So go and check them out at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get that 15% off of your next order, whether it's your first or your next. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Alright, family, wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. Don't forget that April 19th through the 26th to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey as well as the Locked On Podcast Network and listen. I know I told y'all a little bit about it earlier, but I'm so excited cuz this is going to include some fantastic experts like Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, Michael Lombardi, all of them working with us here at the Locked On Podcast Network to bring you a first-round mock draft, a humongous event for us. So, Make sure that you check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey on the new Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. I know y'all have heard me talk about Odyssey a bunch, so let me tell you that Odyssey is the new audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, everything that matters to you, and it's spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y, so go ahead and check it out. I cannot wait to bring this to y'all uh, April 19th through the 26th. Again, I think y'all are going to be happy with my selection in the first round. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look here. The this was pretty cool. Uh, Pro Football Focus did a uh, it was just a quick Twitter um, like image and everything, not a whole article or anything like that breaking it down. But you know, I, we got to break it down here on Locked On Saints, right? But they were looking at the best draft classes since 2015, and understandably so, the Saints 2017 draft class was number one. It was followed up by a couple of other good draft classes. The Jaguars of 2016, very very good selection. Uh, the Bucks in 2020, the Cowboys in 2016, and the Chiefs in 2016. But it was the 2017 Saints that really run away with this. So I wanted to kind of quantify the success of the Saints' 2017 draft class just so that we can kind of look at it and say, yo, this is very, very good, right? So I wanted to look at it from three different angles. We already know the on-field production, right? We've seen it. We know Alvin Kamara is incredible. We know Marshawn Lattimore can be a lockdown corner number one guy. We know Ryan Ramcheck is a perennial all pro, but let's take a look at this from three different angles here. So, just as a reminder, that draft class consisted of Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek. Those are your two first rounders. Then you rolled around and then you got Marcus Williams and uh, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anceloni, Trey Hendrickson, and then topped it off with Al Quadin Muhammad. Now, all of these players, all seven of them, still in the NFL and still playing. In fact, a few of these, a handful of these, getting brand new contracts this year, including al Muhammad. Now it wasn't a huge contract, it was a $850,000 deal, but still, these guys are still getting jobs in the NFL and most of them are still with the New Orleans Saints, the top four that really make this draft class. So let's take a quick look at these and get a look at the way that I wanted to break this all down. So I wanted to start off and look at it with pro football-focused grades from 2020, Marshawn Lattimore didn't have the greatest year in 2020 in terms of his pro football focus grade, but we saw him get much better throughout the season. 59.1 overall there. But let's continue on. Alvin Cabrera with an 82, Ryan Ramchek with a 79.4, uh, Marcus Williams with a 78.6, Trey Hendrickson with a 70.9. Remember, he was up there in terms of the top three in sacks this past season. That's how he got his new contract in Cincinnati. And then you also had Alquid Muhammad with a pretty respectable 61.2. With the Colts, he got his new contract, and then Alex Anzalone got his new contract as well with the Detroit Lions going there, along with Aaron Glenn and uh, Dan Campbell. He had a 57 overall grade in terms of overall defensive grade. But let's look beyond that. Let's look at the awards that some of these players have gotten. Now, Marcus Williams, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson, al Muhammad, no awards in terms of Pro Bowls or All-Pro recognition or anything like that. But the top three guys in this class, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, and, and Alvin Kamara, all have a plethora of awards. Of course, Alvin Kamara Marshall and Marshawn Lattimore both won Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year, respectively, that same year. In addition to that, they each have multiple Pro Bowl uh, visits. Uh, Alvin Kamara four, one for every year that he's been in the NFL so far, and then Marshawn Lattimore with three. And then we also have uh, one AP or one All-Pro, right, AP All-Pro, sorry, one first team All-Pro nomination, which came for Ryan Ramczyk in 2019, but then a total of four second team All-Pro nominations, two for Alvin Kamara, two for Ryan Ramczyk. So cleaning up the awards year after year, these guys being awarded in at least some capacity and at least three of their first four seasons in the NFL, and again, in Alvin Kamara's case. Getting at least the Pro Bowl all four of those years. And it doesn't end there, right? You look at the top four guys of this class, which are those three plus Marcus Williams, all four of those guys named to the Pro Football Writers of America All Rookie Team in 2017 as well. Now, that's not, you know, the same as a you know, rookie of the year or an all-pro, first-team all-pro, second-team all-pro thing. But like, these are the people that you trust, that you read every day, that write about the sport, that cover from the media perspective and everything. So still pretty cool to see them, four of the seven in that draft class, all get recognized immediately off the bat as the as parts of the all-rookie team by the Pro Football Writers of America. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, Loved seeing them all get acknowledged here. But Let's not end there. Let's not finish with just grades and, and awards. Let's look at the money though. Like let's follow the money here and take a look at just in 2020 what these players are getting paid. All seven of these players combined getting paid over $52 million <laughs> in 2020 or, or thereabouts, right? Right around $52 million going. You've got one, two, three. Uh, well, sorry, you've got four of them technically that are getting paid in double digits. Remember, we're catching Alvin Kamara in the second year of his extension, so he's only getting paid $5 million this season, but next season that goes up to 14-ish, 14-plus, if you will. So You can really say that five of these seven guys right now are in line to be paid double digits in terms of millions of dollars in the NFL, five out of seven. So that's pretty incredible, man. That's pretty incredible. Uh, That 2017 draft class was something special. I also think that we don't give enough shine to the 2016 draft class. I know not a lot of those guys are on the team any longer, right? Sheldon Rankin's having, you know, gone elsewhere and things like that. But just with the way that this team has continued to construct for its future through the draft, it's one of the reasons why I love the draft. It's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about the draft. Upcoming, very close. You know, we're almost only two weeks away from the NFL draft. So uh, so yeah. So that's, that's our look. That's our quick look at uh, the 2017 draft class, which 2017 New Orleans Saints draft class, which Pro Football Focus designated as the best draft class since 2015. Y'all coming up tomorrow, we're going to get to your Twitter Tuesday questions. And I'm also going to have a question out there for all of you as well of the nearly dozen players that are still uh, outgoing free agents from the New Orleans Saints. Who are three that you would like to see them bring back. I know Quan Alexander tops my list and probably tops a lot of lists, but who are three outgoing New Orleans Saints you would like to see the Saints bring back for the 2021 season? So we'll talk about that and much more in tomorrow's episode as we continue on every single day here throughout the week on Locked on Saints. I appreciate y'all as always for being here for helping to grow this family, for rating, reviewing, sharing, and listening. Thank you so much, as always, for your support. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up and let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're and them and trust to that nation, I'll holler at you.